Welcome to Frontline Static, a podcast that helps bridge the gap between healthcare workers and first responders and everything in between. I am so excited to share with you an interview that I had with two of my clients. They have ER and ICU background and they got into flight. They talk about what it was like to have coaching and mentoring along the way of doing the application, the interviews, and then um, accepting the offers and now being in orientation and coming off of orientation. They talk about the common struggles that both of them faced during that whole process and where the struggles are that they're facing now. And um, I just hope that you can get some little nuggets and strategies from how to go through this process and what coaching and mentoring can do for you. My philosophy is definitely different than anything that you've heard out there on how to get hired into the flight realm. And um, I just so appreciate both of them trusting me and allowing me to be a part of this process for them. And I'm just so proud of the work that they've done and the work that they continue to do for this industry. So um, without further ado, here is my interview with Floricella and Amanda. Okay, today I have a very special podcast. I am interviewing two of my actually current clients, which is awesome, um, Floricella and Amanda. And both of them came to me with very different backgrounds and got into flight. So I thought today we would just take the opportunity to answer some questions um, that I think common questions that come up for people who are trying to get into it. Um, And then kind of just ask you some questions as being uh, new off of orientation and six months in and um, all of those kinds of things that I think a lot of people don't think about the challenges that come with that. So we'll kind of talk about that. So let's just start with introducing um, who you guys are. And I know both of you guys have been on the podcast before, but we'll start with um, who you are and kind of like where you are in that track right now. So Amanda, if you want to start introducing yourself first, that would be great. Sure. So I am about two months in into starting flight nursing. So this is very new to me in this process. Um, Background wise, I came from ICU ED experience, been a nurse about five years. Um, So that's kind of the whole bit of the nursing end. So everything's been a little scary, but good on the flight nursing end for me. All right, awesome. So two months in, you said just came off of um, orientation or still doing orientation. Yeah, our orientation's like six months long, so. Okay, great, great. All right, Floricella, tell us about you. Um, Yes, so my name's Floricella. I've been a nurse for about five years now. Uh, I started in the ICU and that's kind of where I left off, uh, surgical ICU. In West Texas, a uh, very rural uh, setting, um, and we um, we took care of patients from all of eastern New Mexico. So it's a very rural area. I kind of have patients from all over. Um, I've also uh, been flying probably for about five months now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish my orientation was six months. I think that's really nice. <laughs> it is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so far it's been going great. Uh, I also have my paramedic. I've had that for almost a year now. Well, I, it'll be in December. But so I've had my paramedic, and I volunteer here uh, in the small community that I live in when I, when I have a chance. So that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I want to talk about. I think um, you know maybe just going through the process of getting onto flight with you guys. Was it harder, easier, just what you expected? Like what was your, as far as like your expectation and how it really was for you, how was that experience for you? Um, so I, 
I never thought I was ready. And it was kind of a constant argument in my head where like, okay, you still need more experience. You still need more experience. And even other people like, you know, going on ride-ons like, hey, you, you should have more experience. But the problem was for me, like I come from a big city, big city hospitals. And I feel like sometimes that is not a good thing mm-hmm. because there's so many, there's so many specialties that there's only so much that you can learn and so much responsibility that you can have as a nurse. And that's something that I bring to my base too, that I tell them like, hey, don't be fooled by my resume. I know things, but you probably see more in sicker patients at rural hospitals. Um, so in my head, I, this is also my personality too, where I either go all out or nothing. So I think it was that moment where I was at bedside and just really sick of it one day and just saying like, hey, you know what? I wanna push myself to learn and I want also other people to want to push me to learn so it was very very hard to get to that point mm-hmm. of actually putting that application in, even though it was like a couple clicks you know but it was really hard I thought that was actually the hardest part to actually tell myself you're going to apply for this because what's the worst that can happen um so I surprised myself because I didn't realize I was going to get interviews um so the interview process wasn't wasn't horrible for me I enjoy interviews and I also had your guidance in it um and then came orientation so I think the orientation part and also applying was the hardest part for me I also like I don't have EMS experience either so that part has been a struggle for me just getting used to that and the autonomy of it yeah what was it like before we move on to Floricella and her experience what was it for you that clicked that was like because I think for most people who are trying to get into it they think about it for years right? They're like, and then there's that thought that's stopping them. And for you, it was, I don't have enough experience. So what was it that one thing that clicked for you that was like, no, I'm going for it, even though you were nervous about it? Mine was, I had an experience at the hospital I was working with. um, And, you know, I'm, I would say I'm pretty independent in wanting to learn and grasp what I want for my career. Um, so I, so I asked like, okay, every time I ask a question, like, oh, teach me about this, what resources do I have? The answer was always, um, you know, you could look up an article, but it doesn't really matter. You don't have to know it. Mm-hmm. And that was my trigger. And nope, that's not acceptable. Um, for me personally, I, I'm not ready for school. I don't, at this point, don't think that's what I want. So that was my push of, you know what? No, I need something different. I need that change. I need, yeah. I felt comfortable enough at bedside that I, I knew it wasn't the right place for me anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, great, great. All right, how about you, Florcella? Um, yeah, it's so hard to like think back for, I know it seems like a lot has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, um, it really does feel that way. Um, I feel like kind of piggybacking off what Amanda said. I think the hardest part was uh, trying to tell myself that I was ready because I, I know when I first reached out to you, I was more so just like, okay, so let me get my ducks in a row so that I can start heading in that direction versus you need to apply right now. And I was like, no, I don't. I'm not ready for it. Um, I come, I mean, I've been in the ICU for five years, but it's a, it's a very hard environment and I definitely don't feel like I have the confidence to to go out and be autonomous uh, and start taking care of some of these sick patients um, in you know with just one partner so I just don't, definitely don't feel like I had it in me and <clears throat> I thought that applying was just going to be like um, well 
I'll just learn from this experience and I'll apply later because I definitely didn't think I'd get a phone call or an interview or a job offering. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that was, that was hard just trying to push yourself to apply. But I, I, like Amanda said, with your guidance, I think that probably helped push me as well, just because I don't feel like I was ready for it at all. Yeah. What's interesting is that most all of my clients that want to get on the flight, they start their initial conversation with me like, okay, what are the steps I need to do to kind of prepare for it? And almost every conversation I know it was that that way with you two, I get on the first call with you guys and I'm like, you're ready. What are, what are we waiting for? Like, what is it that we're waiting for? So, um, you know, I, I, I agree, like that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is they feel like they're not experienced or they haven't seen enough. So as we're talking about now the application process, my philosophy is to put in a ton of applications so that you can put yourself out there and really, you know, you're interviewing them as they're interviewing you. And so um, what I always have my clients do is put in as many places that they're willing to go and then we rank them. And I would say 90% of the time, what they're ranked as number one, they don't end up picking because as they're going through the application process, they realize like, oh, I really like this aspect about number two or number three better. So um, for you guys, I know that, and this is usually what happens once you push click and then you push click on the other applications, things start happening. People start reaching out, recruiters, tests, interviews, all these things. So how was that process for you guys as far as your ranking and where you ended up landing? Uh, so funny story about that. Um, I think I, for me personally, I didn't want to be far away from home because I have personal, like, you know, take care of family. So that was um, even more so than do I have enough experience question that played a large factor in me deciding which flight company that I wanted to apply to. And so I think there were, I applied to a couple that was either like one or two hours away. Um, I didn't want to drive like four to five hours for this, but you know, I was like, okay, well, you're kind of limiting yourself, push it a little bit, three hours, three to four hours. Okay, fine. Um, but because of that distance, not because of the company or anything, but it was the distance that I was like, okay, whatever, just put it in. What's the worst that can happen? That question, that phrase always pops up in my head. Um, but as I was interviewing, for me, what's important for me is like, you know, you're open to teaching me because of my background. Like, that's what I, that's why I'm here for this career. And also just the feel of it, because, you know, being at bedside, I've experienced you know, people not being open or like bullying and all that stuff. So that was, those two things were most important to me. Yeah. Um, and interviewing all these places, I felt more comfortable with the one that was three hours away. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly all just because of a conversation in the interview. They made me feel comfortable. They, they made me really, you know, feel like I was a part of them. Like they wanted me as much as I wanted them. Yeah. So I ended up choosing the one that was farther away, which was last choice. Again, not because of the company, just because of the distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, from my, from my, I feel like it's a little bit different just because there, there weren't that many options. So I really only applied to one place. Uh, but when I was applying to one company, they have multiple bases. And so it was, it ended up being like just the same interview for the same company, even though they have multiple bases. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really feel like there was a, 
a ranking uh, that I had to do just because it was, you know, do you want it or not? <laughs> do you want yeah. it? Or not? Yeah. yeah. I, I have to drive four hours to Amanda. It kind of stinks, but <laughs> yeah, I ended up renting a place. So yeah. like, gas is expensive these days. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So as far as like the application process, um, you know, I, I really talk about people come to me and they think we're going to really hit in on areas that they're weak on. And of course we cover those areas, but I do a lot of thought work as far as you know, we want to show them in the interview who you are, who you are as a person, who you are as a nurse and what you value. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand like that's a big part in, in really standing out compared to everybody else. What was it that you tried to convey or what was the thoughts that you had going into the interview that you feel like made you stand out and be successful in the process? I think and this is something that we spoke about, you know, every person brings something different into wherever you're working at. Um, and for me, like I said previously, I take care of a family member. And I've always been very, very self-conscious of that because in my previous jobs, it's always been a deterrent for me to work. Like, oh, hey, like, I need to swap shifts. I was that annoying person that sent emails constantly or like I couldn't be at work. At, because of these things. And, you know, I'm, I'm really self-conscious about it. And even to this point, sometimes I am. Um, and I think, excuse me if I'm like veering off from the question because I tend to do that. Okay. Um, but I think that aspect of taking care of family is what helps me be more passionate about nursing, like push me to know why. Um, push me to choose something that separates me geographically farther. Um, and, you know, actually, it's funny because I was talking to my co-workers about this, like, hey, like, I'm sorry if I, like, have to leave or something because of that distance. And, you know, they have been so accepting. Um, they've been, it's funny because my first preceptor was like, I actually took care of my grandparent, too, um, and very similar experiences. And with the flight world, I think, it's so focused on going back home to your family mm -hmm. that it's so open and they know because of that, like, I feel like everyone that I've met in flight, they're always responsible for taking care of someone. So it's that yeah. common understanding and caring. Yeah. Um, but I think having my family member to take care of, I think that brings a unique perspective for me to my base. Like, Hey, like I'm understanding if you need to change schedule or like understanding for patients sometimes when, you know, things go crazy or south. So, yeah. So what was your thought going into each interview? Cause we kind of came up with one that um, you felt like was believable for you and really drove you. Yeah. Um, well, going in the interview, I was, I didn't want to say anything or be open about my personal life because mm -hmm. again, from previous experiences, it was more of a negative thing more than a positive thing. Yeah. And immediately I think what made me most comfortable with my, the company that I went with, everyone at base was like, oh no, like that is not an issue whatsoever. Like, don't even think it's an issue. And they, they caught it in my tone. Like they knew I was self-conscious about it. So I think having that made me realize like, oh, like they can already sense what I'm feeling over the phone. Like, I think this is the right fit for me. Yeah, great. How about you? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking um, that mid mid answer too. <laughs> yeah, we we were talking about 
like I really work on thought work with you guys and okay. really showing in the interview like who you are and what you value like that's what they're looking for they're not looking for your experience mm -hmm. they're looking for who you are as an individual what you're going to bring to the team so one what was a thought that that you came up with that kind of drove you through the interviews what thought did, did you have and then what was it that you brought to the table about what you valued mm -hmm. um, that you really wanted to convey to them um well I think one of those I I would say is Again, coming going back to just not feeling like I'm experienced enough or know enough. Um, I think working with you and going through all this, uh, you know, thought work uh, in regards to my mindset of I do belong here. I do belong at you know I have a seat at this table. Like it's like I belonged. I I'm like what am I trying to say? <laughs> I'm like I belong at this table with five people interviewing me. Like yeah. um, I deserve this. I worked hard for it, and I think kind of what you were saying is something I kept telling myself is, you know, I, I've done hard things and I can do hard things before, or I've done hard things before. And so that kind of helped get me through it because I just don't feel like I'm maybe the smartest person in the room, but I feel like I work hard uh, for what I, what I have. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I feel like that kind of really helped push me through. And I, I did my best to just be myself and not act like I knew everything because I know I didn't uh, you know whatever questions they threw at me and maybe I didn't have the answer to I was just genuine about it um, and I think um, I, tr I tried to convey I mean I'm I can be teachable like I may not know everything but I'm willing to learn like I'm here because I want to learn as well yeah um, yeah and I think you know what I tell people is that even if you don't tell them that in the interview, I always offer for them to, but even if you don't, if you can be thinking that, then they're always going to hear it in your tone of voice. They're always going to know, just like you were saying, Amanda, like you were talking about, you know, your family, but they knew that that was something for you. So they brought that up. So um, I think that's great to remember. Okay. So now I want to move beyond the interview because this is where the real work begins. And this is what um, I try to prepare people for on day one who come to me that want to get into flight. I say your work doesn't just end once you pass the interview and you accept your offer and you, you start orientation. That's where the really hard work starts. That's where like the obstacles really start to come up. So tell me how it was for you guys and kind of what came up for you after you got hired on and then after you went through the initial training. Um, it's a fire hose right in the face is the only thing I can think of. Um, I definitely questioned why I did it multiple times. I mean, even still now, but especially that first week, it was very intimidating. And I know different companies do it differently, but for me, um, we had like our general orientation and then our first orientation like at base and then after that one week we have something called regional intensive which is like you know you in the midwest area we come together and we get tested about things and there were like ventilator stuff like things like you wouldn't even like touch like for me in the ic or ed i'm like all right if i owe 200 that's almost as much as i know about a ventilator at this point yeah. um but it was oh my gosh i questioned like oh my gosh like it really hit my head like you are not ready for this you are not ready for this and it it was a very emotional <laughs> coaster um but i mean it that was the first week and it kind of settled down a bit 
and I mean just a little bit because it is a constant like you have to be you're in charge of your own education you make it what you want it to be um I mean I kind of got to a point where I would constantly study and look for new things it's like oh I don't remember learning this about an EKG or this about a ventilator or BiPAP setting um but I think for me funny enough I think we talked about it in our session, like, you know, we need to just separate a time, put a timer on what you're studying and then stop studying. And I think because you're in that kind of it's that stressful phase in your body, like I need to constantly do this, um, that it's hard for me to differentiate it. But I mean, it's it's gotten better. Um, I'm, I'm not saying it's like a bad thing. It was just very overwhelming, especially that first couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but it is a constant thing. Like you, even like the way my schedule works is every other week we work, but on your off week, like I try to set an hour or two learning about something. Um, cause I, I think one of the weeks I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have the week off, which nothing wrong with that. Um, but it was harder for me to kick myself into gear. Like, okay, like, what did you do for that whole week though? Yeah. So I think it, it is really nice. Like it's not like there's guidance, but no one's holding your hand. Like you have to be responsible for it, yeah. uh, which is a good thing because again, it is what you make of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for my orientation, um, it, it definitely does feel like a firehouse in the face for sure. Um, you know, we, they take us to like a week long end doc and you have all this information thrown at you from lectures to clinicals, uh, simulations. Um, and I think that that can be pretty overwhelming pretty fast because uh, you're there from like, you know, wee hours in the morning till like in that late in the afternoon and you're just you're your brain is fried at the end, all the information that you're receiving. Uh, but I think uh, you have, like Amanda said, you have to make the most out of it, like on your own. Like there's plenty of people that'll go and they'll just go to class. They don't take notes. Um, they go to the bar at the hotel and you'll find them there the rest of the night. And I mean, it's, it, you really can't do that. You have to make the most of it yourself, you know, find the group of people that are trying to study, but don't overwhelm yourself because they don't expect you to know everything after that one week. And if they do, then I mean, it might not be the right company. I think they know that it's going to be a lot of information that they're giving you. Uh, give yourself a little bit of grace, take downtime afterwards, um, you know, depending on, I don't know what everyone's programs would look like, um, but just give yourself a little bit of of grace, uh, find some time, like, you know, to watch a movie, to do whatever for yourself, exercise, uh, so that you don't feel overwhelmed and know that everybody else feels just as overwhelmed as you do. And if they don't, then they've probably been flying for years and this is just another job. And they're just there for, I don't even know for what they're there for, because I feel like everyone wants to really show themselves that they that they're going to the next level and they're they're trying to achieve something whether it's for themselves or their families or whatever the case may be but they're they want to they've worked hard to be there too um and so they're probably just as overwhelmed as as you are um the orientation process i think it was about uh, I want to say about two months for me. It just kind of depends. They like base it off what calls you receive, a uh, number of flights. Um, and <clears throat> I think uh, for that, I was lucky in that I had the same preceptor, which is probably how it should be for 
everyone, everyone, um, but to have the same preceptor, they can kind of follow and know how you've been doing. Like you don't have to start over with them. You don't have to reintroduce yourself, tell them what your background is. They know what you're struggling with versus having a, pre a new preceptor every time. But um, you know, that you have all these things that you're supposed to be doing during orientation. And if you're not making the most out of it, then I mean, it, it's also just a reflection on what you're, what you're going to be like as a, as a coworker, just because if you're just sitting around asking for them to initiate your education, uh, that just, that's a bad reflection on yourself. And so, I mean, it's just a constant learning process from the beginning and, you know, they start you off slow and that they'll, they won't necessarily throw you into the clinical aspect of things initially because, you know, flight is a whole different setting. So they'll, they'll, they'll initiate that as aircraft safety, you know, this is the radio. Don't worry about all the buttons. We'll get there. But, you know, they slowly try to get you all the information that you need and try, you know, give it to you in small bits and pieces. Um, but I mean, in general, it's just challenging uh, just because you're in a new environment, working environment, and people that you don't know. Potentially, you're far from home, and it can be just overwhelming. And so I think it's important to just to find whoever is your support system, whether it's your brother, your sister, your best friend, your fiance, um, you know, and and just really anchor to them so that, you know, you, you feel you, you're able to propel yourself through it because it can be overwhelming very, very fast for sure. Um, yeah, I, this is like the part where I try to convey to my clients, this is the hardest part right here. And this is really why I got into coaching and mentoring and why, you know, at the core, I wanted to start my own business in it because this is where flight companies lose people is right after orientation and they get let go off of orientation. And now it's like, you have these feelings of, I need really, I need more help. Mm -hmm. Like I, I need um, support and, um, I think that's why I like being a strong mentor because I felt the exact same way right after I got off. It was like, okay, now what, who's going to take me through year one, who's going to take me through year two, who's going to take me through the next things that, you know, we get calls, but sometimes we don't see the same diagnosis for six months. Um, so it's all those feelings and all of those emotions. And so um, this is where the real work begins. And this is where I tell my clients, like, right before they get into it. The grass isn't greener on the other side. Once you get to your dream job, the work begins again. Yes. So what would you guys say to that part of it? Um, for that and also picking, piggybacking off of what Floricella said, um, I personally, like, I know you mentioned like some, like for some people, it's great to have one preceptor who knows. Um, for me, this is interesting enough because we hired a bunch of people on our base and we had to sw swap off our uh, preceptors a bit. And there was just kind of a whole confused, like who works well with who. Um, and my preceptor is going on vacation for months, so I'm going to be with different people. Um, but it actually worked well because it's different personalities. And I think it's nice. And I'm a very like, okay, what are my goals for this week? I'm very like OCD about some of this stuff. And my new preceptor that I was matched with, we're pretty, we're pretty much up there with our ADD, ADHD level. And it's kind of, it was, it's good because she recognizes that. And she actually had to talk with me because she's like, you know, we don't expect you to know everything. And sometimes it does feel like they 
do want you to, because when they ask you and test you questions and you're just frying your brain, but it's that reminder to slow it down. Like, this is funny enough. My goal is not to work on EKGs or ventilators. It's learning to slow it down and build my foundation. Um, and I think all of us who go into flight nursing, we come from, you know, very difficult parts of nursing and we want to hit the ground running and it's learning to slow yourself down. So I think it's, it's nice when you are matched up with someone having that consistency, but in a way it is really nice to see how different people do different things and just learning that communication skill. Like, Hey, like, even if I'm working with you for one shift, this is what I've worked on. This is what I think I need help on, but just setting expectations. And I think what Floricella said was correct with like knowing what you're expecting from a company. Like if they expect you to do everything like on your third flight, then that's probably not the right company for you. So it's, it's knowing yourself and how you are as a learner as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Janessa, I forgot the question. <laughs> well, I was just um, saying that I, I think you, you realize when you're in it that the real work begins after the interview, after the offer that, you know, we have this thought that the grass is gonna be greener on the other side once we get to our dream job. And it's in fact, even more difficult. It just comes with its own set of problems. So what would you say, you know, to that and, and how was that for you? Um, I think I said this in my last part in the last interview that we did, but I think get you a Janessa. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't find a mentor within your base or, you know, your previous job, maybe that can kind of help, help you with, cause a lot of it is it really is just thought work because, Again, you're not gonna have all the clinical aspects down. You're not gonna have all of the operations things down. They don't expect you to, they shouldn't. Um, so if you can find a mentor, I feel like that's it's so important. And it's kind of why I'm back here again. You know, I know we did, you know, our three months and then I it was like, I'm good. And then I, I'm like, okay, I miss Janessa. Um, and so I, I feel like that has helped so much. Um, you know, I say that in, you have all the flight experience, you, you know where they're coming from. So I feel like having someone that's also in this, that's been on the same boat that sees people like them all the time, it's encouraging because they know that you speak from experience, that they're not alone. Um, and, and really it's, it's so much of it is thought work, you know, and, and just having, having a support system. I mean, even if it's not, if it's not you, Janessa, although you're ideal candidate for it, but, <laughs> um, you know, like for me, I, my fiance, he, he flies as well. And he's, he's flying, he's been flying for a year. So before I came into the flight world, I kind of have somebody to talk to about it and he understands where I'm coming from. And I think that's also been so helpful and encouraging in that, okay, I'm, I don't, I don't feel alone in it. And yeah. so that, that helps tremendously. Yeah. Um, just know that you're not alone and it's, it's not just you, you're not just a bad person or a bad clinician or something. <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask you about that, Floricella, because um, what I do notice with a lot of, a lot of my current clients and old ones is that once they get hired on and then they are in this fire hose stage of orientation and they're really, really overwhelmed, that's when I usually lose them as a client because I think that um, they got a lot going on, right? There's a lot of things, a lot of new information, and they do have some of the tools to, to, um, to do it on their own. But what would you say you know, for yourself? What was it that kind of made you come back and realize I do 
need a little bit support and work with my thought work? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, you know, that's, it's great for those that don't feel like they need to work on their thought work. But I think a lot of people like myself that I, I lack, I feel like I lack a lot of confidence. <laughs> okay. um I feel like I do like some you know confidence in different aspects so a lot of it does go back to I need help with my thought work and although I was already off orientation I believe a little bit after uh, we stopped meeting um I think I just felt like there was things missing that I because I wasn't on orientation anymore I didn't have that one preceptor that was like in a way kind of holding my hand and that I could go to all the time mm-hmm. um you know and he moved bases so it's not like he's still there present for me um and so I think that part of that is just feeling lost again coming off orientation and that I don't have a list of things that I need to be doing mm-hmm. and I felt like I needed a little bit of guidance and this is how I need to restructure myself in order to continue progressing and not staying stagnant and not just sitting around versus being just aimless with what I do or don't do at work. Um, Because, you know, a lot oftentimes in the flight world, you are, you can't just, you have downtime, you know, so you have to make the most of it if you want to. Yeah. Um, Much different from the hospital for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I felt like I was just a little bit lost afterwards and like, well, how do I, push myself to keep going now that I don't really have like a list that I need to literally check off it's just going to be on my on my own yeah yeah and I you know even just talking to you guys today and both realizing a lot of the same things that issues you guys had cross over and are the same for a lot of my flight nurse clients is that we just need a support system where we can say hey I feel the same way like I'm going through the same thing. And I think oftentimes, you know, we don't get that or in the healthcare field, we don't want to say that we need the help either. And so just like talking to you guys, I'm like thinking about all of these ideas and these things. Like, I think it would be so cool for us to bring like a group coaching call where it's all you guys in the same kind of boat. And we talk about the same things. And you realize, I think from that, that we're going through the exact same emotions. We're going through the exact same fears and the exact same problems. So, um, you know, just something for me to think about, but um, I just want to end with like, what's been the one thing now that you guys have gone through this experience that, or the one thing that maybe someone told you or the advice that someone's told you that's really helped you stay strong in where you are right now. I think the phrase that from what I hear from both you, my preceptors, and just everyone at base is if you weren't meant to be here, you wouldn't be here. And I think we set very high, and like I'm not trying to speak for everybody, but I think in general in healthcare, like all providers, we set very, very high bars for for ourselves. And I know I'm like lecturing about this, but I I go through this and I have to remind myself this where, you know, it's okay to not be all right. It's okay to not know. And I think that pops in my head because I always question like, oh, I'm probably going to get fired. I should probably quit. I'm not ready for this. And it's going to pop up and I know it's going to keep popping up. Like 
every shift, every second, I'll randomly be eating at home and, oh my gosh, you need to quit. Um, but it's remembering that, you know, you deserve that chance to be there. There's a reason why you've pushed push so hard to be there. And it's not going to be perfect. Like you said, it's not grass is greener on the other side. Like it's, it is what you make it and you deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's hard to not just piggyback off what Amanda says. Um, I think, yeah, everyone, everyone is it. That's kind of just what they say when, you know, they can tell you're overwhelmed. They know that you have a lot on your plate when you start off and it really is if they don't expect you to know everything uh you you deserve to be there <laughs> and it, it really it really is just that is like give yourself a little bit of grace because this isn't the first time someone's gone through this uh that feeling of overwhelm like just like let it let it happen and then give yourself give yourself some grace because it's it's not new and it's it's natural and that means you want to be there because you care, because you want to challenge yourself and you want to know all the things. And that speaks volumes on yourself too. Um, because if you weren't overwhelmed, then I mean, maybe it's not for you. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the wrong thing to say, but it, it's so natural. It's so normal to feel overwhelmed and just allow yourself to feel it and then just give yourself grace because you do deserve to be there. Yeah. You've worked hard for it. And I thought of one last thing um, I want to ask you guys is what would you say to someone who was in your previous position that is thinking about applying, but feels like they don't have enough experience? Just do, do it. it. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Which is so true. Like, you know, just go for it. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. Nothing and even if you don't feel ready, you get the job, you don't feel ready, then say, nope, not the time for me. Yeah. We have like these very thoughts, like you said, in healthcare, we hold high standards and we feel like things are very linear for us. You go to nursing school, you work ICU or ER right. and you get, you know, but like, sometimes it's just not like that. Sometimes we got to take two steps back and try to go forward again and just keep going for it until we get it. Yes, definitely. It Even is yourself. like, yes, it is so surreal to like have both of you guys on. I am just like so proud of the both of you because I know where both of you started and to see you progress and be where you are right now and to be a part of this industry you are the people that this industry needs like thank, thank you. you with your guidance too no and I always say you know you guys did the work I just held the belief for you until you got it so I really appreciate you being on today I really think it's going to mean a ton to someone out there who's teetering back and forth about whether I should do it or whether I shouldn't. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you guys that you would like to leave at the end um, of this kind of conversation that you'd like to say or anything that we left out? Don't, don't stay stagnant just because you don't feel like you're good enough. And I say stagnant, I mean, just push yourself to do whatever, whatever you're trying to go for whether it's whether it's flight or whether it's go to DMP school whether it's go to med school I mean it doesn't matter whatever it is that you're trying to do I mean just don't hold yourself back because it's just in your head like I mean I know a lot goes into into doing new things you know maybe moving maybe money you know all these other things but don't let it be in your head to hold yourself back uh try it you know um with flight I feel like even if, even if you don't get it, um, I think that's something I, I did really, tried really hard was to just 
although I knew I would have been sad if I didn't get the job. But uh, even if I hadn't, I think it would have been such a big learning experience because those interviews aren't just any other interviews. I mean, they're big interviews. They have, you know, tests go with it and, you know, these big panel interviews and um, clinical tests that they put you through. It's, it's a challenge in itself. And I mean, if you can get through that, and even if you don't, if you don't get it right away, it's still such a learning experience and you can just work on it and do it again. And you'll, you'll have that. So I think just, yeah, that's, that's all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think if you're doubting yourself, you're probably in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I like my new thought for myself is if I'm scared that I'm doing it right. Yes. And I've been scared for the last two months. So yeah, that's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> well, thank you guys for being on. I think there's a lot of valuable things that were said. And I know like, you know, one person is there right now and is feeling those things. So I know it'll be really helpful for them to hear it from you and, um, you know, your experience. So thank you again for being on. I know you guys have busy schedules, so I really appreciate it. Thanks for thank having me so much. All right. Bye. It was so great to be able to interview both of them so that they could realize that the thoughts and the doubts that they were having were very similar, that they were not alone. And I think that that is one thing that I have learned being in this industry is that you think that what's happening to you, no one else is feeling, but that's just so not true that the majority of the people or someone has felt exactly the way that you feel. And so having the support and knowledge in that I think is huge and realizing that we all go through these doubts and we all have confidence issues. But if you're ready to level up and you feel like your own thoughts are holding you back, book a consult with me and we can talk about how um, thought work and coaching and mentoring can get you to where you want to be. And if you're thinking the same things that they were thinking that they don't have enough experience, but they'd like to learn more, um, book a consult with me as well. And we can talk about how you might already be ready for the job and for the position, whether it's in flight or whether it's the next step that you're wanting to take. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode this week and I will talk with all of you guys next week. Bye.